Have you noticed yet that it's, you can grow weeds without watering anything? If you don't water, there are weeds there. But if you're going to grow grass, you've really got to be intentional about it. You've got to water it, and you've got to fertilize it. I don't remember doing that as a kid. All I remember was my dad making me mow the yard. And now I've got to do all this stuff to keep it growing. And, and, there's a, and even though that's true in the agricultural part of life, it's also true in the spiritual part of our lives, that, that God has made sort of the things around us to be examples to us about the spiritual things in our lives as well. And I want you to turn with me to the book of Galatians, chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. Galatians is a little book toward the back, toward the, just past the middle of the New Testament. Galatians chapter 6, and we're going to look at verses 7 through 9 tonight. Galatians 6, 7 through 9. Paul says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not grow weary or become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Well, let's break this down a little bit. Let's kind of unpack this. Let's take a close look at some of the words here to help us understand what the Lord's trying to say to us tonight. He says, do not be deceived. And the reason he says, do not be deceived, is because it's possible for you to be deceived, to be tricked. And he's saying here, stop being misled. Stop being led astray, or deluded, or tricked, or seduced into thinking that it doesn't matter how you live your life. You see, it's possible for you and I as Christians to be deceived into thinking that it doesn't matter how we live our lives, that it doesn't make any difference. And the reason Paul says here, do not be deceived, is because, believer, it's possible for you to be tricked into thinking it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter how I live my life. It does matter how you live your life. And it's possible for you and for me, to be deceived into thinking that it doesn't. That what I'm doing here really doesn't matter all that much. But it does matter. And then let's look at another word here. It says God cannot be mocked. That's kind of a funny word. We don't use that much anymore. You know, you don't find anybody saying, well, are you mocking me? You know, people just don't use that word much. So it's easy for us to kind of glide over that word when we read these verses, to slide over this, and not really capture in our thinking what God's trying to say to us here. The idea of mocked is the idea of being ignored or evaded, to treat with contempt or ridicule. It says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. God will not be ignored. God's, God and his laws that he's built into the universe will not be ignored. You're not going to get around them no matter how smart or, quote, how spiritual you think you are. You will not get around those. The idea of mocked here or getting around it will be like when Cliff Kingsbury throws a pass on Saturday and the whole OU defense is in the wrong place. I'm just kidding. Um, you guys thought I was being spiritual there for a moment. I kind of tricked you on that. And we'll go back. Let's get spiritual again. This is the Have you ever watched a football game? You're watching it on television. The quarterback snaps the ball and he goes back for the pass and he fakes a handoff to the running back and he throws a pass and the and the TV cameras lose the ball. They follow the running back. 
and then all of a sudden you see them cut to another scene and there's a receiver jumping in the end zone because he's caught the ball. And the TV cameras have totally lost it. How many of you have ever seen that? Well, see, the quarterback mocked the TV crew. He deluded them. He tricked them. He got around them. But you don't do any end runs around God. See, God will not be mocked. A man will reap what he sows. And God has built certain things into the universe and spiritually certain things into the spiritual universe that are just true. And you and I are not going to get around them. Did you know it's possible for you to ruin your life? I mean, I know you don't want to do that right now. I know you're being really serious about God or you wouldn't be here tonight or at least you're interested remotely in the things of God or you would have not been here tonight or you would not be here tonight. But it's possible for you to ruin your life and be a Christian. People do it all the time. Churches are full of it, full of people who aren't doing anything for Jesus, aren't they? Haven't you seen them? There are all kinds of people who are believers in Jesus Christ whose lives are just in wreck and ruin. And it's possible tonight for you to do that. You know, we think that when we became a Christian, God issued us a get-out-of-jail-free card, you know, like in Monopoly. You ever gotten one of those? That God sort of gave us this card, and no matter what we do, we're able to play that in whatever situation we're in, and we get out of it. It doesn't work that way. You see, don't be de- that. If you think it works that way, then you've been deceived. To not be deceived, God will not be mocked. A man or a woman, the idea of man here is the generic term there. So ladies, you're not off the hook on this one. A man reaps what he sows. Even believers. Now there's some laws of the harvest that I want to talk to you about tonight. There are three of those that are very key for you to grab a hold of. For you to really focus in on. So that you can make the most out of your life. Make the most out of your time here at OU. And incidentally, guys, this time is going to be over with before you know it. Right now you think, this semester will never be over. How many of you feel like that right now? You know, you wake up. And it's two years from now and you're still in the same class. Some of you will be. The semester will pass. The question is, will you? But these are some great days in your life. And you will look back on these and say, those were some of the best days of my life. When I look back on my college career, I look back and think, man, that was some of the best times of my life when I was in it. It didn't feel like it, especially when I was up in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, studying for biology test and those types of things. But you're going to look back on these days and see they're some of the greatest days of your life. Opportunities to go to Glen Erie, opportunities to use the retreat center. Incidentally, not everyone has a beautiful place like that where you can go. Opportunities to meet, be discipled by someone, disciple someone. Hey, adults aren't doing a lot of that. Have you picked that up yet? And you guys need to be a new kind of generation that takes that into adulthood with you. That doesn't go and fill a pew somewhere. We've got enough of those people. We have, news bulletin, we have enough people filling the pews in our churches. Those jobs are all taken. What we need now are some people who go out and change their world. And you have great opportunities right now. Don't be thinking, well, I'll... When I get out of school, I'll get serious about God. No, you won't. You'll be the same person you are now. Some people think, well, when I get out of Norman, 
and I get to Dallas and I get my job, then I'll become this godly woman or this godly man. No, you won't. The problem with that is, is you go wherever you go. You take you everywhere you go. Some of you will get that in a minute. <laughs> Basically, you'll be the same person you are right now unless you decide to be different. Unless you make a conscious effort to be a different kind of person. And I believe your generation is going to make a difference. I know you hear that a lot, but I've been working with college students for many, many years, and I see something different about you guys. Different in college, but the key is, will you be different as adults? Will you be different as adults? Or will you sell out for ease? Ah, that's a whole different message. Let's talk about the laws of the harvest. Just like they're physical laws, they're spiritual laws, and they kind of run hand in hand. And I want to break down these verses. First, verse 7 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot, cannot, cannot. It won't happen. Never will happen. You're not smart enough to do that. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The first law of the harvest that you need to grab a hold of is, is that you reap in kind. K-I-N-D. Kind. You reap in kind. And the idea here is that you reap what you sow. See, when a farmer sows green beans, he expects to reap what? Green beans. If he goes out there and there's corn, he doesn't go, oh, wow. No, he goes down to the seed company and says, what's going on? I thought you gave me green bean seeds. Do green beans grow with seeds? I hope so. I'm not, I grew up in Chicago. We don't know a lot about that deal. Forget about it. And anyway, hang in there. Um, you want me to sit down now, Max? Or? You see, a farmer expects to harvest or reap what he's sown. You reap in kind. You never reap something different than you sow. Just like if you sow cotton, we, I live in cotton country. 15% of the world's cotton is grown in and around Lubbock. We're the world's largest cotton patches out there. And when the farmers sow cotton, they expect to reap cotton. You see, if you didn't reap what you sowed, the whole agricultural world would be in chaos. You know, sorry, you know, we don't have any cotton this year, but we sure have a lot of green beans. You know, it's hard to make blue jeans with green beans. Guys, you never reap anything different than what you sow. You will reap what you sow. And when the sowing is finished, the outcome cannot be changed. When the sowing is finished, the outcome cannot be changed. Number two. So the first one is you reap in kind. What you reap, I mean what you sow, is what you've reaped. You will gather into your life what you have invested in your life. If you're memorizing Scripture, you will know Scripture, and Scripture will begin to change your life. If you're not, it won't. If you are sowing into your life, being the very best video player in Walker Center, then that's who you will be. When you come out, you'll be very good at that because that is what you've sown. And some of you are very good at that with sports. You know all the, st 
statistics and everything. But if we were to ask you where Ezekiel was in the Bible, you wouldn't have a clue because you've never sown that in your life an understanding of where things are. But if I asked you, you know, how many home runs Barry Bonds hit this year, you'd have it real quick. There was a time in my life when it was like that. See, sports were kind of a god to me. And I remember one day, I mean, it was, it was a really a big thing. I mean, I knew all the scores. I knew all the stats and all the scores. And let me, let me explain something to you. That's not necessarily evil, okay? So I don't want you to go away saying he doesn't like sports, he doesn't like TV, he doesn't like video games. That's not true. I'm just trying to tell you that if that's all you put your time into, that's what's going to come out on the other side. And I remember... I was talking to God. I said, God, you know, nobody comes to me and asks me spiritual questions. What's the deal? Well, the Lord revealed something to me. One day I was at church and overheard a couple of guys saying, hey, I wonder who won such and such a game this afternoon. It was on a Sunday. And this guy said, well, I don't know, but Strap will know. And God said, do you see what you're known for? And I remember the first Sunday that I was able to say, I don't know the scores. That was a victory for me, and it's not that there's anything wrong with sports. It was just that that was consuming my life. That's all I was sowing into my life. And whatever you sow into your life, people, that is what is going to come out. That's what you're going to get. Now, number two, look at in verse 8. Verse 8 says, The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. And the one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Okay, so number one is... You reap in kind. You're going to get out what you've put in. The second thing is that you reap more than you sow. You will reap more than you sow. That is a principle agriculturally. They put this little bitty seed in the ground, and what happens? A huge plant comes out with many seeds on it. You will reap more than you sow. Now listen to this here. He says, the writer here, Paul says, the one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. Now the problem with this is, is that no one sows destruction. No one goes to the store and says, hey, give me some of those destruction seeds. You know, I just want to destroy, thank you, I want to destroy my life. That's what I'm up to. That's what I want to do. Give me those seeds. The problem with this sowing and reaping thing is that the seeds that produce destruction never look like that. They look like something else. They look like a fun time. They look like a party. You know? If every day... What's the earliest classes you guys have? They don't know, Max. Some of them haven't been to class. 7.30 on... 8.30. I'm getting 8.30. I'm getting... How many go for 8.30? How many are going for 7.30? All right. Well, we're not sure on this one. Probably different days. But... I mean, if I forget even what I was going to say. Let's move on. Um, it'll come back to me. Hello. Um, let me say this again. The problem is they don't look like destruction. Let's just say you always sleep in for your early class or you miss it half in the semester. That just looks like you're just kind of, you know, just sleepy. But at the end of the semester, that seed comes out in an F. And you didn't mean for that to happen. You didn't, you know, and, and really the seed that you sowed was staying up all night watching videos. You're up till five, but it was a great movie. 
You know, I needed to see the Blues Brothers because I needed to get the, the dialogue down exactly. And I was working on that, but I missed my first two classes. And I missed the test. You see how this works? But it looked like fun, but it ended up being something that's just, it comes out in destruction. You see, he says here, the one who, see, the one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. Ruin for his life. Now let's, and, and then he says, for the one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Well, let's look at something. If you'll flip back over in your Bibles to chapter 5, Paul talks about the sinful nature. Chapter 5, verse 19. Now, guys, let me reiterate, I'm not against having a good time. Please don't misunderstand me. But if all you ever do is have a good time, then you're in big trouble. You're in big trouble. I go to, I go to Blockbuster and I watch people checking out movies by the grocery bag. And I'm thinking, when are you watching all those? You know, I mean, have you related to a human being lately? Is there anybody you're talking to? You see, if all you do is sow into your life those kind of things, that's what you'll reap from your life. You may know the whole dialogue from the Blues Brothers, but when you're trying to get a job, most people who are hiring you aren't real impressed with that. They'll laugh, but they won't hire you. So, but I don't want you to think for a moment that I'm against that. I'm just saying, guys, that what you sow in your life is what you're going to get out of your life. Do you want something? You're going to have to go get it. It isn't just going to happen. You're going to have to go get it. Even for the believer, you've got to go get it. If you want to be a nurse, you've got to go get it. You've got to do well in those things. If you want to be a doctor, you've got to go get it. If you want to be an engineer, you've got to go get it. You're going to have to go for it because what you're sowing into your life is what you'll get out of your life. If you want to be a godly man, a godly woman, have a godly family, then you're going to have to begin to sow into your life the principles of God's Word because they're not going to come out if they're not in there. It works like that. It works like that. Now look at this with me in Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 19. Paul says the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality. Some of you think you can get by God on this one. Oh, but He loves me. And I love Him. It'll be okay. No, it won't be okay. You see, God... God doesn't tell us to save that for marriage because he's just the meanie in the universe. He's just a meanie. He's bigger than me. And God, you just don't know my girlfriend. You don't know the relationship that we have. We love each other. 50% of engagements end up broken. Hello? You may think you're going, to get around God, you're going to get around God and what's built into the universe, but believer, you won't. And you'll end up destroying your life. But you know what? A lot of you in here don't really believe that. And you'll have to test this one. Don't do it. Don't do it. Save it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Save it so you get the good stuff. So you can build trust in your relationship. 
Save it, don't. You see, he says, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. He said they're obvious. Sexual morality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord. See, some of you think you can get away with hating somebody and it won't affect your life. It will. You'll be the kind of person who's bitter and who finds it easier than to hate somebody else. And the next person does something to you and it even gets easier to hate them because that's a part of who you are. Discord, jealousy, you begin to sow jealousy into your life. You know, that comes out, that's beginning to come out of your life. That's who you are. You begin to sow jealousy and you begin to find yourself jealous about everything. And you're discontent with everything that you have. Fits of rage. Oh, I can't help it. My dad was angry and I am too. That's just who I am. And selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. The reason he says that is because people who live like this and who can live like this long term, they may not know God because the Holy Spirit's going to try to help you to not be like that if He's alive in your life. And then he says, check this out, he says, but the fruit of the Spirit, see, then he says, but those who sow to the Spirit will reap eternal life. See, he says, the fruit of the Spirit is, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things. There is no law. Let me show you something. Paul does something kind of interesting here and you can miss it if you don't look closely. He says the acts of the sinful nature. This is what, these are the things that you don't want to be sowing in your life. Then he says the fruits of the Spirit. Check this out. He's talking about, in the first part he's talking about what you're sowing. In the second part, he's talking about what you're reaping. See, that's the fruit. He's saying, if you will sow to the right things, these are the kind of things that you'll reap in your life. You will be a person of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Do you see the difference there? He says, these are the things that will cause you problems. These are the acts. These are the sowing things that are not good. And then he says, if you'll sow the right things, though, this is what you'll reap. These are the fruits here of what you will get. Did you know that you can count the seeds in an apple, but you can't count the apples in a seed? You see, we can look and we can count at the seed. If we break open an apple, we can count the seeds that are in that apple that can be sown Remember, I'm talking about you can, you're going to reap more than you sow. I can count those seeds in an apple, but I can't look at that seed. I mean, I can count those. Yeah, I can count those seeds. I'm all right. Okay, I can count the seeds in an apple, but when I look at that seed, I can't count how many apples are in that seed. See, you think this little bitty thing that you're doing to trust God doesn't mean much, but oh, my friend, it does. Because that little bitty seed of trust that you're placing in God, if you will plant that in your life, it will bust out in a harvest of many, many, many seeds in a great plant. But also the same is true that this, this little bitty seed of rebellion here, this little bitty seed of doing wrong, oh, it doesn't matter, it doesn't mean that much, and so I plant it in my life, and all of a sudden, from that seed comes tremendous destruction. But he says if you'll trust God and you'll plant the right kind of seeds, what will come from that is it will come a great life that one day will bust forth into eternal life. 
See, that's what he's talking about. But you've got to trust God. You've got to trust God. See, Hebrews 11, 6 says, and without faith, it's impossible. It's impossible to please God. You see, God's pleased by faith. And most of us hate faith situations, don't we? We whine and we kick and we chew the carpet and we spit and we moan when God puts us in faith situations and God's going, ah, if you'll just trust me. Just trust me. I'm planning on getting you through this. Just trust me. And when we're put in faith situations, those aren't disasters. Those are opportunities to plant great seeds in our lives of faith that will bust forth in something greater than you ever thought before. So the first one is that you reap in kind. Got that one? The second one is that you're going to reap more than you sow. And if you sow to your flesh, you're going to reap destruction. And it'll be bigger. It will work itself out in being bigger than you thought it was. And if you'll sow to the Spirit, to the right things, that also will work out to be something greater and bigger than you ever thought it could be. Than you ever thought it could be. It's your choice. It really is your choice what you decide to sow. You made the right decision coming here tonight. Not because I'm speaking. But you made the right decision coming here tonight because you're sowing the right things in your life. You're giving yourself a chance to get run over by God. You know, one of the things you want to do is if God's going down the street, get in the middle of the street so He can run you over. Be the best thing ever happened to you. Get in God's way. You made the right choice tonight to be here because God is speaking and He has something for you. Something great for you to invest in your life with. The third thing is that you will reap in season. If you reap it kind, you're not going to reap something different than you sow. You're not going to become a very spiritual person if you never sow any spiritual stuff into your life. It won't happen. Some of you are hoping that if I just go to the right conference, whew, if I can just get to that conference, then I'll become a woman of God. I'll become a man of God if I can get to this conference or if I can just get this certain Bible or if I can just get that new CD. That ain't going to happen like that. It's going to happen as you allow the Holy Spirit to plant the right kind of seeds in your life. Now, those things can be a part of that, but they'll just be a part in the process. Some of us are just sort of hoping that if we stand in the right place, God's going to strike us one day and all of a sudden we'll love God. You fall in love with God little by little as you trust Him and you see Him come through. As you allow God to plant and you plant the right seeds in your life is how that happens. And I'm promising you that if you'll plant just a little stuff toward God, He will give you a whole bunch more than what you were planting. See, it's true. If I plant just a small seed, God will bring it at its proper time to something great. The third point is that we reap in season. You see, in verse 9, in verse 9 he says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. I want you to hone in on that, those two words there, proper time. Just as in nature there are seasons of the soul, there are soul seasons, there are times in our own spirit that, things will, that the harvest will come. It may not come tomorrow. It may not come the next day because, see, the crop comes in when it's ready, not when you're ready. The crop comes in when it's ready, not when you're ready. Wouldn't it be ludicrous for a farmer to go out every other day and dig up his seeds and see how they're doing? You know, man, you know, I don't know, Irene, I planted that field out there last week and doesn't look like anything's happening. Better go dig some seeds up. Hello? Hello? 
You see, the harvest comes in when it's ready, not when necessarily when you're ready. And it may take a while, but the crop will come. It will come in. See, seeds need time to take root before they can bear fruit. And it's tempting to grow weary and give up, that this thing isn't working. You know, God, I trusted you and I did what you told me to do. And it doesn't look like it's working. Don't give up. Don't give up. Never give up. Never surrender. Never give up trust. Somebody knows what that's from. Never give up trusting God. I stole that from Galaxy Quest. What a great thing when he says, never give up, never surrender. That needs to be the phrase of your life. Never give up, never surrender. It's always too early to quit. It seems like God takes his time, people, but he's never late. He's always right on time. And the temptation will be to give up, to grow weary and to give up. And let me tell you that sin looks good in the short haul. Now there are people on campus who are driving BMWs and Mercedes sports cars and, and man, they're doing whatever they want to do. I mean, they're getting drunk. You know, they're, they're, they're doing everything that they want to do and God, you know, I'm driving this Vega and they got a BMW. What's the deal here? You see, sin looks really good at the start. But it doesn't finish very well. Sin looks good in the short haul, but God's in this for eternity. And you're going to have to trust Him. You're going to have to trust Him. Now, college students, you are not primarily in the reaping time of your life. You're primarily in the sowing time of your life. And you're going to have to trust God. You're going to hate what I'm about to tell you. But most things, most real character issues don't begin to come out until your late 30s or your 40s. And that's when the crop comes in and people begin to pray for crop failure. But when the crop starts coming in, it really starts coming in. And if you will trust God now and sow the right kinds of seeds and do the right kinds of things and you'll put God first in your life and you'll sow the seeds of trusting Him and doing what He tells you to do, I can promise you that at the right time, those seeds are going to, they're going to bust forth into a, to some tremendous things that you won't be able to imagine. You'll just sit down and say, thank you, God. And you'll see the other people's lives all around you falling apart. But you've got to trust God. You've got to believe God. Because see, this basically isn't your season. Now there'll be some things that will come in a little at a time, but you're going to have to trust God. You've got to concentrate now on sowing the good seed of the Word and trusting God. You can't do anything about last year's planting, but you can about this year's. And if you planted the wrong stuff, and you're here tonight, and your life is in wreck and ruin, you know what? God loves you. And if you'll begin to plant the right seeds in your life right now, a different kind of crop will begin to come in. And God will give you some things to encourage you along the way to keep going, to never give up and never surrender. There isn't any sin that God cannot and will not forgive. Not any. You may say, well, God, John, you don't know what I've done. Well, you're right. 
but God does. And the Bible says if you'll confess your sins, He's faithful and righteous and will forgive you your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And you can begin to sow the right kinds of things in your life tonight. But you've got to trust God. There's no way around it. If you decide to trust yourself, who knows what seeds you'll be planting. But you've got to decide to trust God. Have you guys figured out yet that that's really what it's all about? That life is really about learning to trust God. Learning to trust Him with your life. And to the degree that, that you trust Him, that's the degree to which you will experience the fruits of the Spirit and the good things of God. And to the degree that you hold back, that's, to the, that's the degree that you will not experience it the great things that God has for you. Remember that you reap in kind. You can't sow one thing and reap another. You can't sow bad stuff and reap good stuff. And that you reap more than you sow. And that's, that's, that's a double-edged sword. It's good and it's bad. If you'll sow the good stuff, you're going to reap more than what you sowed. And if you sow the bad stuff, you're going to reap destruction. And remember that you reap in season. That the crop will come. But you need to never give up. And never surrender. Father, thank you for the time we've had together tonight. Oh God, I pray that you would help the students here to sow good seeds in each other's life. To sow encouragement. That when they come here, that they know this is a place where they'll be loved and cared about. God, I want to thank you for the good seeds that you've sown in my life through Max and Sandra. Lord, to be with Max and to watch his faithfulness toward you, God, so encouraged me. And so caused me to want to plant those kinds of seeds in my life. Lord, may we be that kind of person where people look at our lives and they say they want to sow what we've sown. God, help us to trust you even when it doesn't look right. It doesn't look good. Help us to trust you, Lord, for you're faithful. Lord, help us to never give up. Never give up trusting you and never surrender. In Jesus' name, amen.